Hey guys, hey ladies, hey friends, hey foes. We just wanted to take a second to remind you that while we're okay swearing when little ears are listening, you might not be, and that's okay. So here's your chance to pause us and wait for nap time, or pop in your earbuds. We hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome back to another episode. No, start again. (laughs) (laughs) I liked it. (laughs) Okay, well, then maybe we'll keep it. Um, Welcome back to another episode of Jen Playing by the Rules. My name's Janelle. And I'm Jenna. As you can see by her shirt, can you show us your sexy mechanic If you're looking at this. So my husband and I have like a truck we're fixing up and he always gets into like all these themes and he got me this shirt. He made it. He sewed this patch on. God damn, he's wonderful. I know. And I was like, that is ridiculous. I'm never going to wear that. So and she's wearing an actual mechanic shirt with yep. Jenna like, written in cute cursive tied on up, it. Tied like, up. Okay, get, okay. It's they get cute. very, so they bought like a vintage check and they get very into role playing. I've been yep. teasing her because she's wearing the actual <laughs> mechanic shirt. Oh, he wishes. As he's like sewing this, I'm sound asleep, like snoring with my headphones <laughs> on. <laughs> He's like, this isn't how I envisioned this would be. Right? He's sewing. <laughs> She's like, exactly. Yeah. Okay. I've been asleep every night by like nine o'clock. Oh my so. God. It's the greatest. I don't know mm-hmm. who's been keeping this. This is why old people are so much happier than young people because right? going to bed at eight 30 or nine is the money spot. <laughs> it really is. And let's just say it also does wonders for like the under eye circles. So, Oh my God. You and I were looking under eye circle rough earlier this week. Right? I'm kind of glad that <laughs> I wasn't, so I wasn't feeling good all week. So we didn't podcast and yeah. Jenna and I were just sending each other Marco Polos back and forth. Like, look at how I under eye by exact yep. today. Look at mine. And Jenna was like, mine are even on the top today. Yes. And it was just, I've been struggling like, with <laughs> iron and my iron hasn't gotten here yet. So, but my husband's been like upping our iron in our food. And I swear it's made a difference. That is sleep. such a difference. Yes. Yeah. Completely. And I have energy. Okay. So we are talking about, and we've been really excited for this, but also very nervous. And this was mm-hmm. one that I was really dreading at the beginning when we first started writing up our podcast plans. And now I am super jazzed because, so our topic today is body ideals. We're going to touch a little bit on body dysmorphic disorder. We are not experts. We're not doctors. We do not have a diagnosis, but- We've done some research. Um, We're going to touch a tad on cosmetic surgery, and we're going to touch a little bit on how our parents talked about their bodies and how we want to talk about our bodies in front of our kids to kind of break the cycle. So we feel like this is something no one talks about. We all go to the gym six days a week, four days a week, one day a week, whatever. We're all dieting all the time. We're all secretly getting cosmetic procedures. We're all doing all these things and hiding ourselves and dreading. I am dreading Jenna putting on shorts. I hate short season. I don't like anything to do with it. Even right there, I was just going to say, I hate my legs, but I didn't let Mm -hmm. myself because I don't let myself talk like that in front of my kids, but I want to, and I want to yell it from the rooftops. I hate my fucking legs. I hate my, I nursed for 30 months combined with two kids. I hate my boobs. I hate, I gained 70 pounds with each baby. I have hanging skin on my stomach, even though I am literally, my body fat percentage is like of an athlete. Yeah. It doesn't fucking matter. Every mom, every human has had 
body insecurity issues. Every teenager, every preteen, like, yeah, every boy, every girl, Mm -hmm. every mom, every grandma, every straight, every non-binary, every one of us has had a moment where we loathe a part of our body. Exactly. I agree. And no one talks about it ever. And moms especially don't talk about it. We talk about the diets we're doing and the gym routines we're following and the crash fad that we're trying and where to get the bikini that doesn't show your back fat and Mm -hmm. where to get a bra that holds things where they used to be. But we don't talk about the shame and the sadness and the darkness Mm -hmm. that comes with culture and social media and comparing our bodies to other people's bodies. That's heavy. (laughs) Let's do it, but it's going to be good. It's going to be gossipy because I'm excited, but yeah, I wanted to start out with a story. So Jenna knows that, um, I'm very open with procedures I've had done And I talk about Botox and I talk about my filler and I talk about all of it on my Instagram. I don't have Facebook, but I talk about it constantly on Instagram. I'm a big proponent of doing whatever you want to your body, to your face, to anything that Mm -hmm. makes you feel, I don't want to say makes you feel better about yourself, but anything that makes you happy. Like if big fat, fat lips make you happy, do it. If a big fat ass makes you happy, do it. If a new vagina makes you happy, get those lips sucked Mm -hmm. in, like do what you want to do. What you're saying is very important, makes you happy, not your husband, society. Like, I think that a lot of us have completely different views on what we think is beautiful, what we think is sexy. Mm -hmm. And that's going to vary person to person. I don't think there's any person in the world that is like, everybody agrees that this body type is ideal. And And I I know, like you mentioned, like you and your husband have different view types about Mm -hmm. butts, like- we like big butts and he doesn't. I like a big, like a big yeah. butt on a lady and he does not. And I work my literally no work my ass on right? to get my big old butt that I love. And he's like, exactly. remember when you had that tiny <laughs> flat butt? And I'm like, no, I don't. Yeah. And so I think that's so important. Like Janelle said, like do what makes you happy, not what and I remember when else. the Kardashians came out and my grandma mm-hmm. said, Oh my God, their butts are just so gross. Can you even imagine now anyone saying the Kardashians butts are gross? Right? They are the ideal perfect perfection ratio that surgeons are oh, operating yeah. to achieve. Yes. And my grandma, when those, when the Kardashians came out was like, their, their butts <laughs> are so gross. And that was kind of the environment I grew up in. And it was mm-hmm. like, so my story, so, but I was going to say, um, for the cosmetic surgery, I am very open on social media and you a are. girlfriend reached out to me yesterday. And I said, I was telling, I asked her if I could share this without using her name. And she said, so I know you're really open about Botox and I just need to tell someone that I went for a, um, tummy tuck consultation and I'm really nervous about it. And I feel really ashamed, but I just wanted to tell Aww. someone. And since you're so open, I want to tell you, and we're like acquaintances. Yeah. Um, we're not close friends. And I've had a number of people reach out and tell me this stuff in confidence. And the fact that they feel like they need to sneak around and tell an acquaintance Mm -hmm. when they have real close friends makes it even more obvious that this episode needs to happen and this needs to become a conversation because nobody should be slinking around in the dark corners of Instagram trying to find their acquaintance that talks openly about things to say. And I told her exactly what I've said here. If it makes, and I said, I had a consultation for, to get my boobs done and to get um, lipo on the bottom of my stomach and to get lipo on my thighs Mm -hmm. in the last six months. 
And mm-hmm. I didn't do it because of COVID and all the like crazy stuff going on. And then we moved right in the, like literally we yeah. scheduled the surgery and mm-hmm. our house ended up selling like two days after the surgery it would have been. So I had mm-hmm. to cancel the surgery because I couldn't move in the middle of recovery, but I will still probably get that surgery done at some point because right. that will make my body go back to a place that's a little bit more functional for me. Um, she said, you know, she has a lot of her. She said, the doctor said, what's your goal weight? And she said, I don't have a goal weight. I just want to be comfortable in pants mm. week. And she said, the doctor asked what neighborhood she lived in. And she told the doctor and the doctor said, Oh, I've had plenty of patients from there. And she was like, I'm so like bewildered Mm -hmm. by the fact that I know, I know a ton of people in this neighborhood and I have not, I've never heard one of them say anything about it. And she said, it feels really lonely. And then you feel kind of like angry. Like has my, like, is everyone lying to me? Mm -hmm. And I don't want there to be that stigma in the world where someone that has a really bad C-section scar doesn't feel like she can go to a plastic surgeon and tell all of her girlfriends Mm -hmm. how happy she is with her surgery. Right. Well, and I think you're great about being open about it because so many people just hide it. I think that's where the stigma comes in. Like if you're hiding this about yourself and it's something you've fixed, like then you should hide all your other insecurities. Hide it all. Yeah. I don't know where this comes full circle. Like, I don't know what the goal is that we want for our kids. We know how we want when Mm -hmm. we're going to touch on this in the pilot. Like we know how we want our kids to see their bodies and to talk about their bodies and more specifically I put a lot of emphasis on how I want, because I have two boys, how mm-hmm. I want my sons to treat women and appreciate women's bodies. But I don't know how we come full circle to where like the end game is. And I'm so into this 2021 body um, positivity movement. Positivity. Yeah. And I, I'm I agree. obsessed, but yeah, I don't know where it's going. And I'm so curious to see. I am too. Or I think a big thing is not only accepting your body, but accepting others and not shaming others is a huge thing. And that's part of why I said like, we preach kindness because it doesn't matter how beautiful you are. It doesn't matter how thin you are. There will be negative comments about your body, even if that's not the topic that you're discussing, if you're anywhere in the spotlight Um, or anywhere in the world, I lived in mm -hmm. a neighborhood that a community pool and 80% of the fodder at the community pool was like, Oh, look at how good she looks. Oh, she's mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And my mom yeah. sent me an article yesterday that said 42% of parents have gained an average of 36 pounds during the pandemic. So that's a year that yeah. 50, half of parents have mm-hmm. gained 36 pounds. And so mm-hmm. how are those people going to feel going to this pool this summer? Exactly. Like, and what you said You've about- you already dealt with this mental load and let's, let's add this on there. Obviously, if you gain 36 pounds in a year. Like this has been a hard year. Mm-hmm. So now we're, we're going to come out of this and people are going to be critical to each other about yeah. how we look this summer. Like, can we yeah. not, can we take a year off? I agree. So how this kind of all got started is Janelle came across a quiz. Is that right? Questionnaire. Well, so, you know, my quiz? husband, my husband always has oh, joked yeah. that I have body dysmorphic disorder and it's kind of been a running joke, our whole marriage. And it's not something you should joke about because it's real, mm-hmm. but you know how sometimes that stuff happens where like, oh, well, yeah. it would be easier if you didn't have body dysmorphic disorder. Cause then you'd want to go to the beach or this right. or that. So not making light of it, especially now that we've done more research of it. Um, so I'd always kind of just like laughed it off, like, oh, whatever. And so then Jenna and I decided we were going to do this episode. Episode. And so I went on and like read the definition of, so they call it BDD, body dysmorphic disorder on the Mayo Clinic website. And I was like, shit, that sounds a lot like me. And then I found the quiz and we're linking the article and the self-assessment um, in the show notes. 
I took the quiz, asked my husband two of the partner questions on the quiz, had an unbelievably revealing conversation. And then immediately that night sent the quiz to Jenna and said, I mm-hmm. need you to take this. I need you to take this assessment, but I need you to ask Brandon's input, her mm-hmm. husband. And they had an unbelievable conversation, but we both sworn to not reveal the conversations to each other until the podcast. Bum, so bum, she doesn't bum. know how my conversation went and I don't know how her conversation went, but we both had these like very revealing conversations with our husbands yes. that we had no idea what happened. And yeah. I think we both maybe, I don't know, speaking for myself, I thought I was doing a lot better job of pretending that I loved my body and I was not doing that good of a job. And so I'm here preaching how to act in front of your kids when I probably was not acting the way I should have been mm-hmm. in front of my kids. Do you want to tell what your guys's conversation was or do you want me to go first? I'll let you go first. Mine's not super long. Um, So uh, did Brandon tell you any of like his stuff? Josh and I just had Mm -hmm. this conversation. Okay. Cause Josh and I just had this conversation again this morning because I was sick all last week and I didn't work out and I have not missed more than two days of working out this entire pandemic because that is my sanity, not because it Mm -hmm. matters that uh, any other way. And he, I pulled up my shirt to like wipe my glasses off and he was like, Oh, look at those abs. And I was like, Oh my God, gross. Don't even say that. And he was like, see like this right now. So I took the quiz and so, but then Josh said to me, look, so my husband is overweight, but he doesn't look as overweight as he is because he's got a lot of muscle, but he pulled up his shirt and he goes, what if every time I looked at myself in the morning, I thought, Ugh, mm-hmm. that, and he goes, wouldn't that be a terrible way to live? And I said, yeah, it is. Cause that's how I live every day. Aww. And so this conversation has been going on for however long we've been working on this episode and it has yeah. really reared its head even this morning. So the survey has like nine questions and mm-hmm. one or two of the questions is, but it's for the husband part. Yeah. Do you have those? It was, yeah. What extent do your features have an impact on your relationship? That was the and first so, one. Uh, okay. Read, will you read both of them? Do you have both yeah. of them? And the second one was what extent do features impact work study role as a homemaker? Okay. Yeah. And it was whatever your job is, but our job is homemakers, right? Because right? yes. it was like librarian and a bunch of weird jobs. I yeah. remember reading it this morning. <laughs> um, and so I was like, ha ha ha, five out of 10. It doesn't really cause that much trouble. And the scale is like none, somewhat markedly, mm-hmm. like exceptionally and how yeah. much it bothers you. And so I was like, oh, I mean a little bit. And, but Josh just happened to be standing by me and I was like, Hey Josh. And I read him the first question. He said that it impacts our relationship in eight out of 10. Oh, wow. And like then in the negative, said, right? In the negative. And then he said, oh, for your, he said for your body, your overall body dysmorphia affects our relationship mm-hmm. in eight out of 10. You're inability to be like fully naked around mm-hmm. me impacts our relationship in nine out of 10. Wow. And I thought he was going to say like, ha, ha, is ha, that ha, like ha. his self-esteem? Like, did he go into it more or like, so I am very self-conscious about my boobs because they have been ravaged by two small hungry mm-hmm. humans and they were beautiful and perfect. Before. <laughs> they were so good. They were just like lovely bouncy C's that didn't need a bra. Mm-hmm. And I mean, come on now. I just need to mm-hmm. fantasize about him for a minute. I'll be back. <laughs> but so he was like, you've always been a little bit insecure, but he's like, you now don't want to be in a bikini places. You don't want to be in shorts places. We live in Richmond. I'm in a, it's hot. It's like 80 here today. Mm-hmm. You don't like the way any clothes look on you. Like he said, overall, 
just our entire life, your issues with your body are affect us an eight out of 10. And he said, and then when it comes to like intimacy, it is a nine out of 10 because I want to be fully naked with my wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's like, you know, we've been together almost 10 years and mm-hmm. you are hiding part. Like I always keep my top on. Oh, wow. always. Yeah. I go in the bathroom and you're a lot more of a nudist than I am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I like change in the bathroom. I only am naked to shower. Do and your I'm kids just, see you naked? I mean, I try not. I mean, if I'm okay. changing and they walk by, I don't like, mm-hmm. oh my God. Mm-hmm. But like Mikey's literally like at my crotch. So like right. if he comes in and starts talking to me, like I'll cover with like my hand or something just because mm-hmm. like stop talking to my crotch. <laughs> but I don't go out of my way, but I feel my skin prickle because I'm yeah. like, oh God, they're seeing me naked. Like I don't right. want them to, but they don't think anything of it. And I also want them to have a healthy view on what real women's bodies look like. Mm-hmm. And I got my, have you seen the Victoria's Secret magazine lately? Mm-mm. They just sent me and it's like all inclusive, all body types now. What? My brother grew That's up cool. with- the like super like oh, yeah. unrealistic Victoria's Secret magazine stealing it from my mom. And <laughs> my kids are going to have to steal that magazine where all women look completely different and aren't yeah. photoshopped. And I mean, wow. obviously some of them are still like, I want to strangle you. But yeah. I want my kids to see like, this is what a real body looks like. This is what your wife is going to look like. But I still, mm-hmm. every time they walk by, I cringe because I'm like, oh God, someone's yeah. going to see me naked and I don't like it. Yeah. Okay. So we're... In a different category. I don't even know how to describe it. I think I have a more internal battle than external okay. battle. So I walk around my house naked. I mm-hmm. let my kids see me naked. Okay. But internally, there are a lot of things I don't like about my body or struggle with. Okay. But you wouldn't know that because I, I'm like boobs out, butts out. Like my UPS driver has probably seen me naked 50 yeah, times. Like, and I, when we were preparing for this episode, I was thinking about it and I was like, I have literally heard Jenna say two times, oh, I build muscle really easily in my thighs. I've yeah. never, and we've talked about everything. I have never heard you say anything disparaging about your body. Mm-hmm. And so it's, I think we'll get into that more when we talk about BMI, because that's where I yeah. really struggle. And that's where I'm currently struggling. But my husband, so when I asked my husband, he said his only thing is sometimes he feels like I shoot down his compliments, I guess is the right way to put it. Because like, say we're trying, I'm trying on, like I got new swimsuits the other day. Right. And right now, you know, all dressing rooms are closed and plus who wants to try on swimsuits with kids around or even in a dressing room because they're nasty. So I just ordered a ton knowing I was going to return a ton. I returned them all. (laughs) Oh, <laughs> I am very small up top, larger on the bottom. So, and have a long torso. So like one pieces are really hard. One Two pieces, pieces you have to buy like a small and a large, like it's, it's all over yeah, the board. It's a whole um, thing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm still in between. I feel like, like at target, like the teenager young size and then the mom size. I'm like, I need a half in between. <laughs> I know. Um, can I just get mid, can I get mid thirties, right? please? Exactly. And so he said that like a lot of times he will compliment something and be like, that looks really good. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I don't like how it looks here, here and here. And he feels like I'm kind of like shooting down his compliment. And if it was up to him, I would wear like basically like nipple covers and a thong all day, like walking around the house. 
Like that's just like very him. And I'm like, I just want a flowy dress. And, and then he said like, you know, as a mom, as a homemaker, it doesn't impact because I am like, whatever. Like I just walk (sighs) around, like I shower the kids in the shower with me. And there are pokes and prods and questions the whole time. Just Um, investigations. Exactly. And so I don't, struggle with that, but I can see definitely where it is. And I think a lot of it goes back to what you and I have mentioned before is we grew up very differently in terms of how our parents talked. Our conversation brought up a lot on how my husband grew up versus how I grew up, which I know is something we're going to get into later. And so that was like a big part of our conversation. And it's just really eye-opening because being a male, you wouldn't expect those conversations, those comments to impact a growing male. And it really does. And, and I'm like really happy that yeah. he, I'm happy that he shared that because that helps mm-hmm. me and moms like me raising boys that yeah. are navigating this whole new world. There's never been a generation before us to tell us how to develop healthy body images for boys, mm-hmm. let alone girls. Like yeah. we're just figuring out how to talk to girls. We have not even like dipped our toes right. in the water of how to talk to boys right. about their bodies. And they're out there struggling. Like, it's not like yeah. it's not an issue. It's a struggle. No. I mean, boys have eating disorders. Boys have body dysmorphia. Boys have jealousy over other male bodies. It's, it's a struggle. So that's never talked about, even less than ours is talked about as women. Yeah, exactly. And so I thought it was interesting though, in the conversation was my husband did say he thought I'm very confident and have a very healthy image of my body because I don't feel like that's always internally what goes on. And I just think that like, I'm so much harder on myself than he is. And then he, that he realizes like, I'm very intrigued by this because it's surprise. I assumed, see, I'm so glad we didn't talk about this before because mine was so jarring how well I thought I was hiding it and how poorly (laughs) I was doing. And you are in a good place and are hiding it well. Right. Yeah. But is that what, do we want to be me who's really poorly hiding it, but thinks she's right. doing a good job or you that is mm-hmm. hiding it well, but struggling inside? Like, yeah. this is a very interesting dichotomy that I'm excited to examine. It is. <laughs> it is. And I will say it's not, I will say growing up, it was much more of a struggle for me, but okay. now being a mom and being married and knowing what my husband thinks of me, I think is a whole other ball game. And I think yeah. if you and I were dating that this would be a more difficult conversation because I yeah. think when you're dating, you feel like you're competing with all those other women Ooh, true. versus right. I'm not the type of mom and the type of woman that's like, I got my man. I'm good. Like yeah. I do a lot of stuff to make my husband happy. And I know some people would be like, Oh no, but that mm-hmm. makes me happy. I find joy in looking good for my husband and I expect the same from him. And that's just me. Like I don't see anyone. And so when I do my hair and makeup, it is for myself and my husband. Yeah. That's it. Jenna um, sees no one and does her hair and makeup <laughs> almost every day. And I see no yeah. one and literally change my clothes like once every three days. And <laughs> I won't say makeup. Put- I only do makeup for podcasting. You're so full of it. Got I it. see you with makeup on, on Marco Polo all the time. If we're not on the podcast, That's I true. have not done, unless I'm going to the doctor or podcasting, I have no makeup right. on, not a stitch. Yeah. <laughs> and I yeah. cut my hair only in ways that I don't have to style it, no matter how crazy it looks. That's just um, smart. 
It is. It's really, I, I hate doing my hair, yeah. but I think it's important that we are able to distinguish between men, women, mm-hmm. binary, non-binary, whatever, and kids and growing up because we grew up in a time and Jenna and I are in our mid thirties, Jenna's younger mm-hmm. side of mid, where it was that nineties culture of like, so skinny that you're sick. Uh-huh. Yes. And that is what the predominant beauty standard has been for me my entire life. And Jenna mm-hmm. and I were talking about this before the podcast. And I told her, and I have never been diagnosed with an eating disorder, but when I took this assessment, it definitely says that I am very likely to have body dysmorphic disorder and should seek mm-hmm. medical attention. And I've never been diagnosed with an eating disorder, but I know I have controlled the way I eat and controlled the way my body looks in times of stress. So I was, she and I were talking and I said, you know, that was always my goal was when I was out and single and you know, in my mid early twenties was to see if I could get my BMI to a level that was 1% under normal because I felt like, yep. So I would be the first click in underweight because I felt like you're not sick enough then that a doctor is going to be worried, but you're as skinny Mm -hmm. as you can possibly be without anybody bugging you about it. Yeah. So I'm five, eight, which is tall and my goal. So I just was reading before the podcast, a normal BMI is 18.5 to 24.9. And my goal was to always get below 18% BMI. And so when Josh and I met, I was five, eight and one eighteen, which I'm pretty sure is right at 18. I don't think I ever mm-hmm. made it into like fully, but like when I would go to the doctor, he'd be like, you could really use, you could really gain pounds. weight. Yeah. 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 But they were never like worried and I never lost my periods and like nothing, my hair never fell out. And so no one was ever concerned. And so now you and I were talking, I'm in right in the middle of normal, but I, if I start edging up into the top of normal, I start to get anxious. Mm. And that is not a very realistic place to be either, especially for how athletic I am. What percent of my body mass is muscle is astronomical compared to what it was when I was 118, Mm -hmm. but I'm still in the middle, but I still get anxious if I go up towards the top. And so Jenna and I were having a conversation about what a crazy ride the BMI train is, what an outdated tool it is, but how much it controls our life. So this is where I've struggled lately. And like I said, I haven't, I feel like I haven't really had a lot of struggles about body image, I kind of ebb and flow on it, right? With internal. And right now is like a stronger struggle than before. So BMI has been around for so long. I remember even when I was teaching, they would have not, I didn't have to write them, but I had to like send them home from the nurse letters to kindergarten students saying you're overweight or what is the other one? Obese. And they still do BMI at the doctor for the kids every time we go. So my son who is very healthy is considered obese or overweight. He is Janelle can attest. He is all Mm -hmm. muscle. You pick him up and it's like, Oh my gosh, like do you have rocks in your pocket? Like he literally is like, if you meshed two of my son together, but no part of him is heavy or rotund or bulbous in any way. He is just straight concrete. Yes. Like he has the cutest bubble bubble butt that is all muscle. It doesn't even jiggle when he tries. And then my daughter is like, plush and lush and she still has her little rolls on her thighs and she's considered normal and it blows my mind so I've had to go to the doctor a lot lately nothing is severely wrong it's like iron and hormones and all this stuff but I noticed they did my BMI and it was overweight or very upper and I was like 
what? And so I start <laughs> freaking out and I'm like, I wear a size two, four pants, a size small, medium top. How am I considered overweight or even upper end of normal to where it's like, I should watch this. And of course my doctor's like, don't even worry about it. Then Da-da. why are and, you telling me? And I, well, she didn't tell me I saw it on there. Cause I like, <laughs> they have like the patient porter and portal yeah. portal. Yeah. And it's like the first thing on there. And I was like surprised by that. I know my weight's not what it was, but I really fluctuate in weight depending on what activities I'm doing. So I've been doing a lot of running and I know that doesn't build a ton of muscle, but I swear to you, my thighs have gotten thicker. They're not jigglier, but my pants don't fit like they did. And I was really working on healing my core. And so I had a lot more core strength and I wasn't strengthening my legs as much, even though I know the two go hand in hand, but I was really focusing on core. And so my weight wasn't as much and I'm very much pear shaped, like a thousand percent. And so this BMI struggle has been such a mind game. And my husband is like, I just wish this didn't exist because he was like, you were so fine with everything until you went to the doctor. And I was like, you're actually right. You know, and he just keeps reminding me, like, look at our son. He is completely healthy. And I've always been very muscular. And my husband had to tell me, like, remind me. So we, my husband and I met online and he was like, Hey, you put on their athletic build and like curvier. And he was like, I was like, hell yeah. And he has to remind me like, that's what I am attracted to. And so he was like, to me, you look wonderful. And I have to remind myself that. And I think a lot of it also is my mom and I had very different body shapes. And so I know my mom was conscious about her weight, but she never struggled. She very much had the thin frame. Like when she was really sick, I mean, she was like, you could see her bones were, you could just tell her bones were tiny versus I know I am bigger bones. Like I always have been. And I think that that plays a lot in it too, because I'm like, oh, well, I want to work to get to look like my mom. Like we're, we're related. So I could be a stick thin person. It's like, oh, wait, no, even no. though you're related, that is not your body type. And it is such no. a mind game. I have always wanted super thin legs mm. and that is not my body type at all. So I've gone the opposite route to where I'm like, okay, if I'm going to have thicker legs, then I'm going to have muscular legs. But then guess what that ups your BMI because it's more muscle and your and, pant size. Yep. And so I have researched a lot lately and it does say, that like usually women who are pear-shaped, which I am, do struggle with BMI, not because they're overweight, but because of their muscle mass. And it does not take into an account your muscle mass. It is still a good tool to use to open the conversation for people who are overweight and just say, hey, according to, you know, but I do think it needs to, I guess, add in things like, okay. I don't think it's a good tool. I'm going to disagree with you because before I moved to this apartment and I'm going to, so you said, Brandon said, I wish you hadn't gotten to the doctor Mm -hmm. and heard that BMI thing. Before I moved to this apartment, I had a scale in my bathroom and you step on it and it measures your body fat percentage. What? It costs $25. So I'm going to go ahead and say hard pass on this BMI and I'm going to start lobbying against BMI being used because let's just like, let's measure fat to muscle ratio in bodies or even like the circumference of your waist has Mm -hmm. been shown to be a super great determinant. Let's measure waist and do muscle versus body fat versus water mm-hmm. on a scale that costs $25 in the doctor's office and shove the fucking BMI up your ass. Okay. Yes. If we can I'm do that a thousand percent, but I do think that 
we need to have a talk about like being healthy. And I know you and I are big advocates for health, but if we can have another tool, I mean, that would be great. It would help my (laughs) mental. And I think another part was that then I'm like, okay, well, my husband who doesn't really work out, who eats way worse than I do, let me type in his numbers and guess where he was middle of normal. So it is such a mind game. And I'm so like distraught by it because that was a big thing that came up was like your waist circumference. And mine was considered very, very low. And my husband, if you see my husband from behind, looks like a completely average person. And then you see him from the front and you're like, he carries all of his weight in his stomach. Mm -hmm. And that is a super high risk factor Mm -hmm. for heart disease and the things that I'm most afraid of and why I work out. And I was just thinking in the shower today. So we moved here and I didn't, I forgot to pack my scale and it was like two weeks of scale detox. It was terrible. I was thinking about going to target and just like trying to find a scale that was open to stand on it. Like that's how addicted to weighing myself every day I was. And then after two weeks, I was like, Oh, actually I think I'm happier not Mm -hmm. weighing myself every day because I would weigh myself first thing in the morning after I peed and it would determine my day. And if the number was higher than I thought or higher than it should be, I would Mm -hmm. be upset for the whole day. And so that shows you that is an emotionally abusive relationship with an inanimate object. Mm -hmm. And so I was literally thinking in the shower before I got on the podcast, like when we move to the new house, am I going to throw the scale away? Because I have been infinitely happier not knowing my weight day in and day out. And I am an advocate for weighing yourself in a healthy lifestyle. And I think that is an important Mm -hmm. tool for a lot of people. But when it becomes what it was for me... I don't think it's a good tool. I don't think BMI is a good tool. And I was a weight loss consultant for maybe a year and a half when Josh and I were like engaged before we got married. And I would literally tell my clients, please don't pay attention to your BMI because I had to write it on their paperwork every day, every time they came in to check. And I would say, please don't pay attention to your BMI because I don't give it much credence because it does weird shit and it fluctuates Mm -hmm. weirdly. I'd have these big buff bodybuilders come in, hold this stupid machine and get some big fat BMI. Am I? Right. And I would say like, don't pay attention to that. It just became such like, I wouldn't even write it sometimes mm-hmm. because it was just such a joke because then I would do their measurements of the weight they had lost in their arms and their stomach and their thighs and their neck. Mm-hmm. And it would be unbelievable. And I'd be like, we're not going to talk about BMI not moving. Like that's yeah. not going to be a part of our conversation. But I wish everyone could say that. Like even I when know, I was and pregnant, I, like I know. So with both of my babies, I gained 34 pounds, I think exactly. With my Bless son, you. it was with my son, it was all at the end. With my daughter, it was all at the beginning. And I had a midwife say to me, like, oh, you need to watch this. And I remember crying in her office because first of all, my mom's just died. And so you know I'm not eating. And yeah. second of all, I was already struggling because I saw the weight. And I don't know if it was a second baby. My mom carried me the same way. My mom had a boy and then a girl and she had the same thing. And like back then they didn't do like ultrasound sonograms and they thought she was having twins because she gained so much at the beginning with me. And that's exactly what I went through. (laughs) It came on strong and then I didn't gain anything at the end, but I can remember crying and I'm like, I'm eating handfuls of nuts for snack and I'm eating like vegetables and rice for lunch. And like, if I remember to eat dinner, I'm, you know, in crying. Cause I'm like, where's this weight coming from? And so I just wish that there was just less. What? And also the, on the number. Yeah. Yeah. 30, 34 number. pounds. Like that's fine. Like, 
I gained 70 pounds with exactly. each pregnancy. So yes. shove it. Like, and, I, and they would it. give me this, I lost it, but they would give me the same grief about it. Probably, they even said to me, because the last appointment, I was telling my hairdresser about this the other day because she is pregnant and she was like, they think I'm going to gain 35 pounds. It's her first pregnancy. And I was like, Aww. okay, but if you don't, don't beat yourself up. And she was yeah. like, oh, really? How much? And she was like, can I ask you how everybody, can I ask you? Everyone, you can ask me anything. Stop yes. asking me if you can ask me things because I'll tell you right? the truth. She was like, can I ask you how much you gained? And I was like, 70 each yeah. time. I think 72 with one of them. Yeah. But Zach came three weeks early and I gained 70 pounds with him. I remember my last appointment, I was 199 and they were like, the woman said to me, oh, when you come back next week, you'll be over 200. And I was like, is this a helpful conversation <laughs> right now? I have right? three weeks to go. I am like two centimeters dilated yeah. and I'm obviously really uncomfortable. It's June. Mm-hmm. Is this the conversation? And I remember leaving and crying and being like, Josh, next week when I go, I'm going to be 200 pounds and she's going to be right. And, <laughs> and luckily Zach came early. So I never had to see her face again. And yes. I never had to see 200 on the scale and hear her like chuckle or whatever she was yeah. planning. But is that the time to be having the conversation with women about their BMI or their this or their that? Yeah. And with my son, it was the opposite. It was like, you need to gain weight. And same thing. I remember going home crying because I was like, I can't eat anything. I wasn't actually throwing up, but I was like, if I eat something, I will throw up. And I was so miserable and I was doing the best I could. And I just remember crying and I was like, I'm going to hurt my baby. And it was my first pregnancy. So I was very naive and I was like, I'm Da, 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 da. And then at the end, He's I got grief there. because I was like, oh, you're gaining a pound of, or two pounds a week. But it, it was fine. We're fine. They like, start to <laughs> treat you like a show pig, I feel like sometimes. Yes. And it's not enough weight, too much weight. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get the blue ribbon at this county fair. Right. Like, Fuck off. I, I, with Zach, I threw up from morning until night. And the only thing Mm -hmm. I could eat was pizza rolls, chicken nuggets, (laughs) and Arby's. Oh my gosh. So I would throw up the entire day. And then at 10 Mm -hmm. PM, I would have either a plate of pizza rolls and chicken nuggets, or I'd send Josh to Arby's. Guess what? Skinniest kid in the world. So I don't want to hear about it. (laughs) Yeah. And again, it's like, goes back to that doctor thing. Like I was fine. Until I went to the doctor a few weeks ago, and now I've been on this mental roller coaster. And they didn't say anything to me, but I did bring it up because I was like, is this a symptom and all that But I think that's another thing to point out too, is like, they probably weren't saying anything to you, but because we're women and we have been Mm -hmm. ingrained in this our whole lives, it feels like someone's attacking you. They didn't even try to show you your BMI. You spied it on the paper and felt attacked. Like that shows, that shows how can Conditioned we are as women. Yeah. And so with that, I mean, do you want to share some of how you grew up in like body image? Yes, because this happened again the other day. And I was like, this is why I'm doing this fucking podcast. So I developed very young and I was, my mom even will say like, I was a sex pot, which like, I don't know if she knows how inappropriate that is, but like. (laughs) That is so inappropriate. My mom would call me hippie. (laughs) But like, Like she will say it now when I talk to her, but I was, I liked to dress dress provocatively. My conditioning wants me to say like, I dress slutty. I didn't dress slutty. I dressed like how. Okay. Well, can we pause there? Because nineties 
was so different than now. I mean, it was like crop top or one, like your overalls one halfway undone. I have it all. I have all these pictures and I would take. And so in the nineties, they also would sell, which this will come back because it all comes back. They Mm -hmm. sold shirts like I'm wearing, which if you can't see, it's basically like a high neck sports bra. And it was made out of the same material that like cheap leggings are made out of. And it would be a crop top and it would come tie dyed to match a pair of bicycle shorts. Yep. And so I would take the crop top and put it under my like bib overalls with the strap yes. untucked. Or I also had, this is the most provocative thing that I loved wearing all the time. It was a jean skirt that mm-hmm. had the straps like overalls. Yes. And so I would wear that with my crop top. So my and grandma it brought- appropriate then. <laughs> And but Everyone was I wearing was, it. But yeah. I was really tall and I looked mm-hmm. 14 when I was nine. So when did you start developing? I guess that's like an important so thing. Well, I too. know that I was five, six in fifth grade. And so I was way taller than all the boys. Mm-hmm. So um, put that outfit on somebody else, your same age, who is mm-hmm. what, four, six. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how tall yeah. they are. At that and age. no one is looks looking. completely different. Exactly. Yes. Like, and so I had no real, con- there wasn't social media. There wasn't the internet. Mm-mm. There was none of this. And so all I know is like, I'm dressing like Janet Jackson. And, and Tiger Beat. Yeah. Um, hi. Team yeah. Bob. Team Beat. And I think there was both. I think they're all yeah. three of those. You just pretended. <laughs> you didn't know those and you I read them. them oh I read them <laughs> but so I was dressing like what I saw in magazines but because of the way my body looked I literally looked like a 16 year old when mm-hmm. I was 10 I remember and I so I wrote on here I remember constant scrutiny around what I wore and my cousins who were my two best friends were allowed to wear it and no one said anything but I always felt people would open my family would openly say things to me like my grandma said to me on our last FaceTime call two days ago do you remember when we would go to the library? My grandma's like 96 years old. Shout out Irene. Um, do you remember when we would go to the library? And I would tell you, Janelle, one piece of your outfit has to go. You either have to put on a real shirt, put on pants, or put on different shoes. I said, you can't wear all three of those items to the library because it's not appropriate. And so that's the messaging I was getting as like an eight and 10 year old. Yeah. Not having any idea what she's talking about. I have no idea what sex is. I have no idea what sexualizing mm-hmm. kids is. I have no idea what developing And all your means. friends are wearing it. All my friends are wearing yep. it. I think nothing of it. Like, oh my God, I look cute in this pink little top. And I also remember, so me and my dad were best friends and I went everywhere with him. And I remember leaving a bank once with him. And I mean, I, this is one of my earlier memories. So I probably was eight. I was leaving a bank with him. I remember I was wearing the outfit I was talking about with the skirt, with the denim skirt, with the straps mm-hmm. that were like bib overalls and a crop top that I had taken apart from the spandex pants. And a man like yo girl me. And my dad was this big, tough guy. He was a bouncer. He used to like, I've seen him get in fights before. And my dad just like dropped his head and got in the car. And I oh, would wow. remember thinking like, I can't believe that guy said that to me. That was so, I, I had no idea what it yeah. meant. And, but the fact that my dad's reaction was so opposite of how he normally mm-hmm. reacted to things. I remember feeling so ashamed. And I remember what, like, it's so vivid. Like I remember how the seat of the car felt. And mm-hmm. I remember sitting there and I just kind of remember feeling like I wanted to cover up, but it was the middle of summer and I had nothing to cover with. Mm-hmm. And thinking that, 
that I had disappointed my dad because this weird man said something to me outside the bank and Mm -hmm. didn't not knowing where the shame came from. And so I think that because of how quickly I developed and because of the shame around it, that was always so prevalent. Mm -hmm. I think that that has 80% to do with how messed up my psyche is around my body. Mm -hmm. And I also come from a mom that was openly critical of herself. And my mom never was like openly critical of me per se, but a lot of it was branded under, you need to change your outfit. It's Mm. just not appropriate to wear that. You need to change this. And I'd be like, well, Mary Beth and Aaron, my sorry cousins, they can wear it. Why can't I wear it? And I have pictures of us all wearing the same like Mm -hmm. overalls with tank tops and they look like little kids and I look Mm -hmm. like a grown up. And I think a lot of it stems from there, but I also know I could tell you every one of my mom's body insecurities by heart Mm -hmm. because it was never made a secret. I think she thought she was keeping a secret, but it wasn't. My mom never wanted to wear a swimsuit. She always wore shorts down to her knees. She had Mm -hmm. a great body and she always hit it and was always critical of it. I know there's a little pocket of fat that she has behind her knee that I have behind my knee that we both hate. So it was never Mm -hmm. hidden from me. And I'm not saying that we should be hiding things from our kids, but I don't know what the right answer is. It's how we talk about it. I think I had a completely different experience. Well, I did have similar in that I developed early as well. I was really tall, which I obviously, I mean, I'm still on the taller end, but I'm not as tall as you. Um, I obviously just stopped growing at one point and I can remember. (laughs) And so I developed sooner, but I think also, so in Texas, the cutoff for school is different. And so I guess I was considered older for my grade, but it was still grade appropriate, if that makes sense. And so I was always like one of the first birthdays. So I think honestly, if you take a first birthday of like a second grader and a last birthday of that school year, like those kids look drastically different. And it's basically a second grader to a third grader. I, when I taught, I had a bridge class. And so I had second and third graders together and it was like babies versus like mini adults. It's so true. It's so different in kids. And so I was always hippie. Well, when I was little, I was straight thin, bored, not a single ounce of fat. And people always commented on that. And at the time I was like, oh, this is kind of weird. Like this is just me. And then I started getting hips and breasts and it was hard. Cause first of all, I'm standing out because I'm super tall. My best friend at the time was a boy who was my neighbor and he fit under my chin. Like I was a whole head taller than him and we're in the same grade. We carpooled. (laughs) And so like we would take pictures like that and we thought it was funny, but actually I was self-conscious about it. Yeah. And so whenever we did, yes, whenever we did anything as like a whole class, like had to stand up in front of, I went to a private school. So like in front of the church or something, I would bend my knees to make myself appear shorter because there was one boy who was taller than me. So I bet you remember his name because you'd always search him out so that you could see. I remember you. Well, and we got paired up for everything. We got paired up for (laughs) everything versus like my friends got to pick who they got paired up with because it was Mm -hmm. like, oh, Jenna, you get paired up with him because y'all are the same height. The two tall freaks get paired up together. Right. And then we had a pool growing up. And so I wanted to dress like all my friends, but everything looked so different on me. And my mom said she thought I looked adorable with my little hips, but I'm all embarrassed because none of my friends have these hips and I felt different. And I would stand there with my hand like draped across my stomach. And I think it was like usually to hide. And then 
people would always be like, do you have a stomach ache? And so then it's like, draw more attention to it. And so yeah. I'm already embarrassed. And so sometimes I would just be like, yeah, like, <laughs> even though I didn't. And so <laughs> it was just really hard and embarrassing, but I don't know why it was embarrassing. We would go to like, the, you don't know then. No, we would go to like yeah. field trips and they would be like day long field trips where we would camp and do like swim and stuff. And I can remember like we would go and I always had a little boyfriend, you know, like you called him oh, boyfriend yeah. in elementary school, but you don't do anything besides like stare at each other across the room. Um, and send love notes. Exactly. And like, I would be so embarrassed when we would come out in our swimsuits hmm. and because I felt different. And now looking back, I'm like, that's what women want. Women want the curves, the boobs. Mm. But at the time I was embarrassed and I don't know why. And I wish that's something, that's something that I want to talk to my daughter about because I'm assuming she'll be the same, but who knows? And my mom growing up didn't talk bad about her body. And I think that had a lot to do with how I think about my body. Like, yes, I was embarrassed because things were changing. It's like as a kid, yeah. anything different is embarrassing. Yeah. The only thing I remember her saying is like, I don't want to be in a swimsuit or a two piece around your friends. So can you just tell me and I'll put a one piece on like if friends are going to come over. And I, she yeah. never said why she wasn't like, because I don't like my stomach or she had scars because of um, one of her surgeries. She had a mastectomy when I was two, so I don't know, late eighties, early nineties and surgery wasn't like it was back then. So she had a huge scar like on her ribs back. And then they took skin from her thigh to help make her breast and it was a huge scar and so I know that yeah. that's probably part of it as well as like you know after two kids your body's not the same well and you don't want to um, answer all those questions when your friend's just trying to have exactly. a fun like yeah yeah and so that's kid. about all she said um she was not open about like being naked or anything and so I I know she had insecurities I know it mm. because she told me when I got older but as a kid I had no idea and so I remember the first time I put on pants and they didn't fit right and I cried and cried and cried and it's probably because I was ready for like the junior section and I yeah. remember my mom coming into my room and being like it's okay this happens you're beautiful but that's kind of where it ended and she was like this is a part of growing up and I just remember feeling so confused like why don't these fit and I just remember being really upset and she just kept like reiterating like you're beautiful and that's what she knew to do and she yeah. did a great job but looking back I hope that I can also tell my daughter why these things are happening and how it will be a good thing because at the time like in my little head all I'm thinking is I look so different and I do not like it and I think if my mom had told me like let's go out and they make clothes you're just ready to size up so, and then just take me to like the juniors department versus the little kids. And I think that would have like helped build my confidence in myself. Um, but I really do think like my mom had a lot of confidence and I didn't know about her insecurities until later. And I really think that helped shape me a lot. And like we said at the beginning, no one comes into this world and lives 30 some years without any kind of shame yeah. or body issues. And so I had those, but they were always around like the changing times. And now again, I feel like personally, I'm in a changing phase because I'm done having kids. My kids are getting on the older end. So like, this is my body. And yeah. after one kid, my body was a little different, but after two kids, holy shit, things are different. <laughs> like I know it's crazy. I was 30. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. It's, it's insane. And so I feel like, again, I'm in that transition mode. And so mentally mm -hmm. it's like a little different. Well, and you it's know? a settling situation too, because mm -hmm. you have to settle into this new body that you're going to inhabit for the next 10 to till menopause probably. Right. Exactly. Like this is, 
you have to learn once again to emerge from this, like not to be douchey and use this weird metaphor, but like you've come out of the cocoon again as a mid thirties mom who's had Mm -hmm. two kids and didn't bounce back the way you did after one kid. I have a four-year-old and I still am not sure when I'm going to lose that. Like after Zach, I snapped right back after my oldest. After my second, I'm like, um, okay, so he's four now. When's the last 10, Mm -hmm. 15 pounds going to come off? Come on guys. Oh, maybe it's not. And so now I have to like settle into this being my body Mm -hmm. for a while. And it's a new learning situation. And even though you gained different weight than I did, like, I don't know if it's baby number two or just how some women's bodies are, but baby number two and that extra skin afterwards, people don't talk about that. Like Mm -mm. I'm good when I'm standing up, but have me do a push up. And the extra skin that hangs down from the belly is something I was not prepared for. I was like, I didn't gain that much weight. I never got stretch marks, but the skin is so different. It's like, I don't know. I didn't get stretch marks on my stomach. I got stretch marks on my thighs while I was pregnant because I gained so much weight in my thighs. But I know people that have just gotten tremendous stretch marks. And Mm -hmm. that's something that we're learning to embrace in this new culture of body positivity too, I think. And I even know since I've started to immerse myself in the body positivity side of Instagram versus the like, let's look Mm -hmm. at young TikTokers and Kardashians, I'm yeah. starting to see stretch marks as more beautiful just by trying yeah. to force myself to immerse myself in that. And so I got them like as a preteen or I guess yeah, a teenager. Same, like same. when I went through puberty and I remember, so I rode on like my grandpa's ATV and I thought it was like something from the seat vibrating. And I remember crying and crying. And then I got the nerve to go show my mom. And then she told me what they were and told me they were never going away. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I was so upset. And now I don't even care. Like I just have them like thighs, butt area. Yeah. Um, but like puberty is a bitch. Like it hits puberty you hard. Is the worst. You and I talked yes. about that in so many ways. Cause like, well, and like when she said, said stretch marks, I'm like, but I didn't have a baby. And like, you only picture them for like people like at that age, like people who have had babies. But when I went through puberty again, that's when I got my pear shape. And so my butt and my thighs changed shape. And so that's where I got them. And it was, and they don't go the way you think they point. should. Cause I was like, Oh, well, yeah. I grow so tall so fast I stretch my skin so they should go up and down they don't go they go the other way and it doesn't matter like my husband is very big and I don't think he has a stretch mark on his whole body I gained weight for uh, it's just stretch marks cellulite is indiscriminate stretch marks are indiscriminate Mm -hmm. um and same thing my husband has stretch marks like by his armpit from gaining muscle when he was like doing football. What? So like, yeah, but we're also hypercritical of it, Mm -hmm. even though it's something that literally everyone has. And that the thing is my stomach. And when I went in for my um, plastic surgery consult, I said to her, Mm -hmm. I said, she didn't even ask me what my goal weight was because she was like, you literally shouldn't lose any more weight. And I was like, I, I've done everything to try to get rid of this little, like, it's like this big basically mm-hmm. of my stomach that hangs down when I am like doing a plank or a push up. But she was like that skin because mm-hmm. you gained 70 pounds two times in like mm-hmm. a three year span is never going to go back without intervention. If I am in yoga pants, and a tank top. I look like I have all my shit together, but if I have to get undressed in front of my husband, it is more Mm -hmm. like he walked by today and the door wasn't closed and I was bent over pulling my underwear on. And he said something to me and I looked up at him to talk. And then I looked down and I go, Oh, this is my nightmare view of you ever having to see this. Cause it was like the boobs hanging and the skin hanging at the same time. And he was like, you're so hot. Why do you say this stuff? Yeah. And he, every time he says like, 
you're so hot and you're so hard on yourself. And it but doesn't that's not even, what, it doesn't even phase you when you hear doesn't it. Doesn't even penetrate yeah. me. It does nothing. I feel nothing when he says it. It means nothing, even though it is my husband, Jenna will attest, cannot mm-hmm. tell a lie, even if he right. should. And yeah. tells me every day how hot I am and it means nothing. So what do you think it would take? Would it take for you to have that procedure done to feel sexy and beautiful again. I think so. Yeah. I think it would definitely. Um, but, and that's what I think a lot of people do too. We don't know Mm -hmm. that that would fix it. We don't know if this could be so deep in my psyche. I do think, um, because I've mentioned on this podcast before that I'm going to, um, find a psychiatrist to get tested for ADHD once I get to Chicago, Mm -hmm. because the wait list is so long. I am going to have them look into seeing if I have body dysmorphic disorder before I get any sort of surgery, because Similar to um, like, if you get like a belly band, they make mm-hmm. you do some like psychological testing before. Right. I don't necessarily know that I should be getting cosmetic surgery before I figure out if I have body dysmorphic disorder that yeah. even if I get surgery that I'm going to be like, okay, well now next mm. I need to do my arms and then I right. need to do my toes and then I need yeah. to do my eyelid. Yeah. I obviously. And like, good for you for realizing that, that this could potentially be an issue and you want to just make sure before. Yeah. And if, and if they say, you know, I don't think you have overwhelming body dysmorphic disorder. I will still mm-hmm. get, I will get the surgery. And I think it will yeah. def, it will help intimately with my husband. It definitely will help me feel better. And I want everyone out there, that girl that I know that reached out to me this week and every mm-hmm. other single fucking person, if you want to get your boobs done, get your goddamn boobs done. If you can exactly. afford it, do it. If you want to get your vagina rejuvenated, do mm-hmm. it. If you want to get any, like do what makes yeah. you happy, but do make yeah. sure that you are treating the mental aspect of it as well. Right. And if none of that stuff bothers you, like if your boobs are saggy and they don't bother you, like mine are not perky like they used to be, but it doesn't bother me. Just yes. know that that's okay too. Yes. You know, like it just, it's not something that bothers me for some weird reason. It just, yeah, it doesn't, Uh, but there's Mm -hmm. other parts that do. And so like, know that that's cool too. Uh, Yeah. I have parts that I like, I have like little armpit flaps that I don't love, but I also don't think everyone does at this point. Yeah. And like, could my skin, like there's lots of places my skin can be tighter to make me happy, but they don't really bother me. So I don't think about it, but if there's something that is so gravely keeping Mm -hmm. you from the identity that you, we are on this podcast, we are all inclusive. Like we want you to live your truest identity. Mm -hmm. And if that requires surgery for Mm -hmm. transitioning from one sex to your true sex, good. If that can if that means getting your C-section scar tightened up, good. Do what makes you feel like your truest, happiest self. Exactly. I mean, I'm not naturally a blonde. This isn't as extreme, but I've tried going to my natural color and I do not feel like myself (laughs) and it makes me happy. It really does. And I feel like it reflects me. And so just do what reflects you and what makes you feel good. And don't do Um, what reflects other people. No. And so I do want to touch on the kid aspect because we have kids. And if you don't have kids and you plan on it one day, I think it's really important. I want to touch on the kid and the husband aspect. I want to hear what Brandon's thoughts were. So having kids has really opened my eyes a lot to how my parents viewed me, what my parents wanted for me. And like, I would always tell my mom, I was obsessed with my mom. And I would always be like, no, you don't understand how much I love you. And she'd be like, you'll never understand until you have your own kid. And even after I had my son, she was like, do you get it now? And I was like, no, because I still fucking love you so much. And not everyone has that relationship, but now having a daughter, I'm not saying I love my daughter more, 
but I think the relationship between my daughter and I is very different. And there's a lot of layers to that. One, she brought me out of a deep depression Two, I am overly sensitive towards her because I feel like she was robbed and that she didn't get to meet her grandparents. Um, and I just think that there's a whole, and then three, it's my son and I have a very, 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 very special relationship that I never expected from a son, but my daughter and I's relationship reminds me so much of my mom and I's that it's a whole other level. And so I struggled a little with some body issues after my son was born. And then I kind of bounced back. And then after my daughter, things were a little more (laughs) dicey, (laughs) Um, a little saggier. (laughs) And so I have kind of, and like I said, I've been struggling a little bit lately, but the last like three years I've been doing pretty good. And so I sit there and I look at my daughter who is three. She's still pudgy. She still has thigh rolls. And I think she is the yummiest thing in the She's world. So yummy. And I just look at her and her joy. And I think it would break my heart if she thought poorly of herself. And so why do I think about myself like that? Because that would break my parents' heart. And I think Ooh. having lost my parents, it's a whole other aspect. And my mom always made it a point to be like, you and I are very different body types. Take care of yourself for yourself. Like, don't watch exactly what I do because she could just go play tennis and be fit. Like I had to do stuff to build muscle to be fit. Yeah. And so it just like really, I don't know, it's really struck a chord with me with my daughter. And so I try and also see myself through my mom's eyes, like how my mom viewed me and how I view my daughter. Like I want my daughter to see herself how I see her because I think she is beautiful. Beautiful. And I don't know what type of body she'll have. Like we don't all have the same body type in my family at all. She's going to be a wild card. Yes. And so far she's ending up being on the shorter side. And so we're like, is she like my husband's side, but my dad's side was short. So who knows what she's going to end up like, but I want her to develop a healthy understanding of body image and body type and love herself for it. And one thing that she's like really talked about a lot are like nipples and boobs lately. That is her jam. She is. And yep. yep. And she's, so she's a little, she's got a little something there because she's chubby. And so she's like, they're growing mommy, they're growing. And she's so excited. And so instead of like squashing that and be like, we don't talk about that or that's your private, like I've, my kids know where your private parts are, who's allowed to touch them, which I always said, mom, dad, doctor, but Janelle added doctor with a parent present, which I yep. have stolen because it's genius. Um, we did it at the doctor last week too. Cause the yep. doctor just was like, I need to check your whatever real quick. And I was like, remember, like I like stopped uh-huh. the doctor and I'm like, let's revisit Yes, doctor with mom in the room. Cause exactly. I don't want some creep coming up to you at the park telling you he's a doctor. Yeah. Or your friend's like like, dad at their house, like, you know, and so we do talk about, you know, appropriate things as well. But I also don't want her to think that it's a part of her body to be embarrassed by and ashamed. And so we openly say like, these are your nipples. These are your breasts. They will grow. They will develop. Like if you choose, you can feed a baby with them. And like, we talk about it and she gets so excited and it's adorable Growing up, like we didn't really talk like that at all. And we weren't openly naked. I didn't like with my friends, we were like walking around naked, but my parents, it was like, no, no, no. Um, And so I think, I don't know exactly where I want to go with my daughter. It's going to be a learning curve the whole way. 
But I think just like being excited about her body. And I always try and say like, I love this. And it's always like something unique. Like my kids have freckles in all different places. And so I'll be like, I love where this freckle is on you. It just makes you, you. And I love this about you. And it's not like I love you because of your body, but just embracing those little parts. And I always ask my kids too, like, what do you love about yourself? And we always say something, one thing physical, because even though everyone's like, oh, you're beautiful on the inside. I think it's also to be important to love your physical body. And so we always say four or five characteristics about ourselves. Like I'm kind, I do this, I'm able to do this. But then I do add in there like one physical thing, because I think it's important to say this is different from my brother, my sister, my mom, but I love it. My daughter is the only one, well, my husband too, that has dark skin, dark hair, dark eyes. And she'll always say that. And I'm like, I love that too about you. That makes you unique. But I love your that your brother has hazel eyes and blonde hair because that makes him unique. And so I think like just openly talking about bodies with my kids is really important. And my son, he's older and he has a lot of questions. Um, and I always make sure to answer those. I think that's a big thing. He knows all about female bodies, male bodies. Um, He's not ashamed. He's not embarrassed. See, that surprises me because Zach has literally never asked anything about anyone's body. And Ezra and Zach are the same age. And Ezra is very curious. But like, it still surprises me that like, I don't think Zach's even aware that he inhabits a body. But I think it's also he sees his brother, right? And they're yeah. the same. Everything's the, okay. That but then sense. I'm like showering with my son and yeah. he's like, why do your boobs look like that? Why do they yeah. move yeah. like that? When you bend down, why do they look like sacks of sugar, like flour, like, you know, <laughs> and he will, he'll ask stuff. But when he asks those questions, my first instinct, or he'll be like, why is your stomach like that? My belly button changed a lot after my daughter, which is a yes. really weird thing, but the whole, it, it completely changed its look, everything. And he'll ask me about it. And my first instinct is always to be like, leave that alone. Don't. And so now I have to like breathe and just explain it to him because I don't want him to think that there's anything wrong with it. And I explained to him like things changed after I've had kids, you know, and everything like that, as well as I want him to have like a realistic view and expectation of women's bodies. And yeah, when he does talk about them, I make sure it is in an appropriate way. Like if he's asking questions, cool. But we don't say like inappropriate things about other people's bodies. That's not okay. And he knows that. But yeah, I think just having those conversations with your kids and watching how you talk. So whenever my husband is like, he says that sometimes they say like, oh, I don't like how I look in XYZ. I make sure no kids are present. Um, I talk to my kids about there are parts of my body I want to work on right now, but I never say like, I don't like them because I think that's really important also in front of kids. And not hiding. So here's, I have a, I have a few fun questions for you now. Oh no. Okay. No, they're not really questions. So we have a similar situation where I, Josh will, Josh always calls me hot in front of my kids. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually saying these almost into the universe because I hope that some like child psychologists will hear this episode and like, be like, Hey, let's do another episode where I tell you how to teach your kids better ways to talk about their bodies and how to build self-esteem because we're kind of just spitballing what we've experienced. But I would love if we were able to give that to our listeners, the gift of like, here's some steps you can take. But I've had to say it because then at one point, one of my kids, I think it was Mikey would say like, you're hot. And Mm. I was like, I really don't want to raise boys to call women hot. Yeah. And 
I don't want my husband or my husband will like grab my butt or swap my mm-hmm. butt a lot in front of my kids. We've had issues else. with that. And then yeah. they do it. Yes. And I'm like, I don't know what the boundary is between healthy, like, oh, I really appreciate how your mom looks and I really like her body. And that's what grownups are to each mm-hmm. other. And being like, I don't want my boys to objectify women and by calling them hot. And it's been like a very tricky balancing act back and forth between like, oh, you're hot. Like, and we also have trouble with, we talk a lot about um, something I learned when the kids were young was to talk about how people make you feel versus how they look. And Mm -hmm. so instead of saying like, oh my God, look at that guy's weird head or whatever. Mm -hmm. We talk about like, well, is that person a nice person or a Mm -hmm. mean person? So those are the only areas areas that I've had any, and it's just, it's a weird, tricky it's murky. time. It's so it's hard. So and it's murky. And I don't know what the right answer is. Cause I, I uh-huh. don't want them to be like, we don't call people hot, but yeah. then, and I also do the same, which you and I have spoken about. I exercise five or six days a week on average. Mm-hmm. And I have never once said to my, like when they say like, why do you exercise so much? Well, because Bumpa died of a bad heart and I want to keep my heart healthy. And they say, well, then why doesn't dad exercise? And I say, that's <sighs> a conversation you have to have with yeah. dad. But mm-hmm. I, as they grow older, they're like, they're, I think God Ezra's not my kid. Cause my kids ask really easy questions, Yeah, but like, they're going to get more and more curious and I don't know the right answers. And I hope someone does or can send us a book recommendation because I want to have appropriate conversations Mm -hmm. with my kids, but I also want to teach them healthy marital values. So like Josh, when I was asking him about this podcast said, I said, what is your one thing that you would say on the podcast? If you were given one sentence about Mm -hmm. the way I act about my body. And he said, you're so hot, but you hate being naked and won't take your bra off in front of me. Mm -hmm. And that is his takeaway of how I treat our relationship and my body. Mm -hmm. And that is not the legacy I want my marriage to have, but I'm also trying to raise conscientious, respectful Mm -hmm. little boys. And so so it's hard. Yeah. It's It's like a hard line, (laughs) especially like trying to teach them respectful versus curiosity and questioning versus where, where is the line? I don't, I don't know. I will say I have, we have had the issue with the spanking, like playful spanking, like yes. my husband spanks my butt and yep. my kids will do it. And I have had to tell my children, this is because we are married. It is appropriate because it's playful and I agree to it. Dad would never do this to a stranger. Dad would never do this without knowing it was okay. And he doesn't have to ask my consent every time he spanks me or slaps my bottom because we've already had this talk. But like, I tell my kids, like, they're not allowed to. My son isn't allowed to do it to my daughter because she told him no. And that's a really smart point. Yeah. And they, they don't understand their PSA. They're at the age where they don't understand like sibling relationships. They're convinced they're going to marry each other. Um, and I'm not, yeah. Right. Mikey's marrying uh, me. He told me last night, so I'm fine with right? this all. So I know wedding. done. My mother-in-law's like tried to burst that bubble, and I'm like, no. just let them be. Right now in COVID world, they don't know many other kids, so let them marry let each them other. Live right, yeah. and then they also play like house a lot. So like my son's the husband, my daughter's the wife, and it's just like it's really cute. We have had that talk in terms of that. And I know some people would be like, it's never okay to do that to a woman, but once again, 
you do you, we'll do us. I don't, I like it when my husband playfully smacks my butt. Yeah. And he even does it in front of my grandma and she just giggles, but that's us and I'm okay with it. And I have made that a point to my kids. My daughter, like I said, said no. So we're not allowed to. I tell my son, he is allowed to, if he asks for me, daddy, I gave full consent because my son will take it to the extreme. And anytime he sees my booty, doesn't matter if we're in the middle of church, Mm -hmm. he'll come up and spank it. Yep. And so I tell him I'm okay, but you have to ask and he will. And I think that I think that's a really healthy man. And so that I this is honestly a memory I have repressed, I think, but it came to me when you just said that when I was in maybe third grade, um, there was a big incident at school and a boy that was behind me in line at picture day, I remember the whole thing, um, grabbed my butt Mm -hmm. and it had been like he had been trying he'd been basically like grooming me. So he had accidentally Mm -hmm. grabbed my butt twice. And then he full on like goose grabbed my butt in line for pictures and it would turn into this big scandal because he was like I didn't do it and I was Mm -hmm. like I already told my parents twice that you had been like basically tapping my butt and so he actually was I think in third grade and I think he got either I think he got suspended for like a day um his parents were furious which like yeah Mm -hmm. I would be but if he had had a mom that had explained to him a little bit more about how consent works and how bodies work Mm -hmm. he's probably not he's probably a lovely human now probably wasn't a creep at all but just didn't know boundaries and consent and Mm -hmm. was just curious and I was very developed and what you're doing would have prevented that would have prevented that from happening to me and increasing my shame around my body and would have prevented the embarrassment of that kid having to be suspended for grabbing my butt because of what you're practicing with your kid. Well, and I know like when I was teaching, first of all, when you teach kindergartners, there's a lot of curiosity going on. A lot of like, (laughs) you show me, I'll show you. Yes. And I think one, some it is the first exposure they have had to the opposite sex. A lot, I notice a lot with my all boy households. Mm -hmm. So like Mm -hmm. if, like if yours, like if your boys yeah. had never been exposed to like you telling them like women have different bodies and they happen to see, or a friend says something like they get very curious. And for the most part, I can't say all the time they're innocent. And they say like, I want to see because that's how kids learn. Yeah. But you can't, you can't just say like, show me your goods. Yeah, And I had issues with kids talking, like using words like sexy. Because they hear it at home. My kids are definitely going to go to school and be calling girls hot because of my husband. And so I think (laughs) it's a conversation we just have to have. I don't know. It's really hard being in a relationship. It's boundaries and parameters that that. you have to explain. Yeah. Yeah. Like I want to hear my husband say you're hot. I'm not the type of woman that, yes, he tells me I'm a great mom. He tells me I'm smart. But like, I also want to hear I'm hot because- it is important to me. I don't know. It's it's sticky. So if you guys have advice for us, we're all ears. This is how we're doing it. And so I think basically the takeaway from this, and I think you could probably agree, is if you're struggling, seek help. Like even Janelle admitted, which I think is really brave of her, that before she gets plastic surgery, she's going to have it, her mental status. Is that right? Like, Well, yeah. And I was going to say, out. can I, let me read. Oh, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, you know, I love reading some symptoms real quick. Give it to Symptom, me. Symptoms of body dysmorphic disorder. And yeah. I will just read you like five of them. And you will know that this is my everyday life. Being extremely preoccupied with the perceived flaw in appearance that to others cannot be seen or appears minor. Number two, strong belief that you have a defect in your appearance that makes you ugly or deformed. Number three, Mm -hmm. belief that others take special notice of your appearance in a negative way or mock you. 
Mm-hmm. Number four, engaging behaviors aimed at fixing or hiding a perceived flaw that are difficult to resist or control, such as frequently checking the mirror, grooming, or pinching skin. I do you spend, do that? Yes. Girlfriend, I'm going to get skin. Oh my gosh. Like I literally 40 times, like I pinch really? my thigh skin while I'm in the, not in a like hurting yeah. way. Looking at it. Yeah. Oh. Uh, 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 thighs all day long. Attempting to hide perceived per- flaws with styling makeup or clothes. I am already panicked that short season is coming and I am so thankful I'm moving to Chicago so that yeah. I can delay short season. I'm a 36 year old woman with a lovely life and two perfect kids constantly and zero body fat. Yeah. And I am loathsome of how I look mm-hmm. and I am mortified to tell anyone about it. I've never expressed it to anyone, but my husband and now you, and now mm-hmm. our 14 friends on the podcast, <laughs> but it also, it just, it comes from growing up in a hyper-sexualized world that I didn't know existed. Yeah. And I really want to now, after talking about this on the podcast, dig more deeply into how do we explain to our kids that there is this hypersexualized world that they know nothing of, but to also make it a safe space for them to explore themselves. And when I was growing up, you never showed anyone your privates. And I remember mm-hmm. it was actually because I was in dance and you remember how dance changing rooms were. My mm-hmm. mom would have to hold up a towel around me <laughs> because I was so self-conscious about changing in front of yep. other little girls. And I started dance at like three. I had no idea why I was so anxious about the way my body looked. Okay, but That's- sorry, I interrupted your takeaways because I no, really but it to actually read little- like I almost forgot to mention an important part. So it was good you did the boy part of it, which I know we've touched mm-hmm. on. But my husband, when I first met him. So he grew up in a completely different situation. He was his only child, grew up with two parents, all that good stuff. His mom talks different about her body than what I grew up with. She's very okay. hard on her body in terms of talking about her weight, talking about no one wants to see me in a swimsuit. No one wants to see X, Y, Z. Well, chances are somebody did because you got a baby out of it. So sorry, yeah. <laughs> uh, sorry Brandon, but I think it's overlooked that boys also are picking up on this, even though his dad, my husband's dad, wasn't talking bad about his body. He hurt his mom. And so he carries weight similar to my mother-in-law in his middle section. And he has been very self-conscious. And when we first kind of got together, I noticed it. And I noticed he was always like looking in mirrors at his stomach and he would like kind of like suck in and like make it flatter. And my favorite game, (laughs) which he's probably not going to be thrilled that I'm sharing this, but he gave me the go ahead. We would be in the mall walking by a mirror and he would look at his stomach, lift up his shirt. And I was like, what the fuck? I do it a hundred times a day. What? And I'm just like, my mind is blown. Like looking at himself in reflections of cars And I'm like, dude, like, we're just shopping. Like, come on, what are you doing? And I don't think much about mirrors. Like, yeah, I'll look at myself and be like, oh shit, there's spinach from this morning. But it was like mind blowing. And it took me a while to realize, wait, he's self-conscious and he carries himself with confidence. I never would have expected it. And he is very self-conscious about his middle section. The second he starts to gain weight there, he tries to hide it. He talks down about himself and we've really had to work on it. And I've had to work on it. Recently, I decided I want my husband to start working out because he's in his mid thirties. He's sitting down a lot at work or home more. So he's not, up, you know, in his office before he was up moving yeah. around, talking to more people like, yeah, he's waiting on us, but he is sitting down more yeah. at work. He would a lot of times like on his lunch break, just go get on the treadmill and listen to calls and walk. 
or do something if run, if he had time, but now he's not. And I know a lot of it is because I'm very high maintenance and I'm like, Hey, you're off work. I'm off work. So you I'm have off the kids. work a day. Yes. <laughs> or I'm like, here's your to-do list now that you're off work. And so <laughs> I told him, I was like, and I was so nervous to talk to him about the fact that I wanted him to start working out again, because I was like, this might get into this whole mind game for him. Of, it might be triggering for him. Exactly. And so I started the conversation and I was like, I'm just telling you this. There is no hidden motives to this. I was like, I want you to work out because you do not have a great family history and neither do I. I do not want my kids to lose a parent young because I know what it's like. So I'm going to prevent that. So I need you to start running three days a week. And he was like, okay, thanks for talking to me. And my mind was blown because it shows how much had I said that before, because we both got into CrossFit and I was like, I would be like, Hey, why don't you come to CrossFit with me tonight? It would trigger him. And he would think I was saying, he would interpret it as my wife is saying, I'm fat. I need to go work out. And I'm like, no, I just really don't feel like driving. And I want you to drive me there. Yeah. I want to play (laughs) on my phone. Exactly. And then drive me home. Or I want to spend this time with my husband. And it was such a battle that I would never feel comfortable talking to him because it was like stuff I wouldn't think was triggering. He would, or I'd be like, why don't we just have salad tonight? He would be like, oh my gosh, my wife is saying I need to go on a diet. And I'm like, no, I just really haven't pooped in a while. And I need some greens. Like, (laughs) you know, or and he's like takes it completely the opposite and so it showed me how much he had grown but this is 10 years in the workings and the fact that his mom was talking bad about her body and my husband picked up on it as a kid just blew my mind and he told me that when he was in middle school his parents worked and so he had a summer where he played video games and he gained weight and he went back to school and he said he was embarrassed to walk into school because of his weight and he said no one ever said anything but he remembers being embarrassed and ashamed every single day and that broke my heart middle fucking school it broke yeah. my heart and of course he probably never told his parents and he told his parents they probably would have been like okay, well, let's start eating healthier or let's get you involved in sports. But he hid this as a little kid and it just broke my heart. Um, And so it's really important. Like if you have kids, teens, babies, whatever, how you, even if you're struggling internally, please like try to not let your kids see that. It's okay to talk about mommy's having a hard time with her body, but I'm working on it. But when I say like basically hide it, like do not sit there. Even if your mind is saying, I hate my thighs, do not sit there and say that to your kids, please, 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 because they will pick it up. And then they say, I am part of my mom. So therefore I hate my thighs and they will internalize it. Like if you're struggling, express your struggling, but you're working on it. You and I are huge proponents of fighting fair with our spouses in front of our kids. Mm -hmm. But I think you and I both agree and maybe we're completely wrong and someone will write in and be like, you two idiots. I know what you're talking about, but we are also huge proponents of not discussing weight and how Mm -hmm. your body looks and whether you are able-bodied or less or differently able-bodied. My kids Mm -hmm. have a lot of, because my kids have been in and out of PT and OT and speech, and they've seen kids in wheelchairs and different things. 
And we talk a lot about how, did I text you this the other day where I was watching something and they called your body, uh, why do we all care so much about this stupid meat suit we're wearing around? No. And I like immediately was like, I think my life has been transformed. And it's really true. If you can look at yourself as wearing a stupid meat suit. Mm-hmm. And think about what is inside and yeah. show your kids that what is inside matters. And we exercise mm-hmm. and we, so Zach the other day was like asking me something about why did this heal so fast in his body? And I, or why, no, he said, why am I so smart? And Aww. cause he did really good on one of his um, self tests for yeah. homeschool. And I said, well, you eat healthy, you exercise, you exercise Mm -hmm. your brain and you read a lot. So I really try to focus that food is fuel for your brain and food is Mm -hmm. fuel and exercise is fuel for your brain instead of what my history with exercise has been, which has been, Mm -hmm. can I get to the same weight as Lindsay Lohan? That's Mm -hmm. how old I am. And I remember her weight, she and I, I realized we were the same height and I was like, oh, well, then I just am going to get to that when people were worried about her. Mm -hmm. I was like, well, that's obviously my goal weight. Right. Come on. And so instead of my fitness journey has been so focused on seeing how skinny and how low I could get my scale and through Mm -hmm. this pandemic and losing the scale, literally losing the scale in a moving box. And I've never strength trained like this. I was all cardio before and now through strength training and enjoying how strong I can get. And you've had more history with that in CrossFit and stuff because they focus more on strength where I just always wanted to get back to my pre-baby jeans, which aren't even cute anymore. Um, (laughs) If we can all focus on now I can lift 20 pounds instead of 15 pounds. And I'm doing this so that I don't die of a heart attack when my kids are 30. Mm -hmm. And I'm doing this because I want to feel stronger and be better able to fight disease. Mm -hmm. That is a place I want to get to, even if I don't believe it in my heart yet. Yes. And I tell my kids all the time, exactly how you look isn't always an expression of health. A skinny person is not always healthy. And somebody who appears overweight is not always unhealthy. And so we're by no means into fat shaming or anything. I know that's a huge movement now, but you do you. But I do think personally after losing parents who were healthy, that health is very important. I am a big proponent for that. Do what makes you happy. Brian, take a little bit of care of yourself. And if you don't care about it, then don't. But <laughs> and don't listen and you can turn exactly. this episode off. But that was the yeah. other one final thing I want to make sure we got in is, and you and I have talked about this, this new po- body positivity movement is mm-hmm. my jam. I needed this yeah. so badly. I think I made you follow, her name is Danae yes. Mercer and we tagged her in the show notes. Um, it's spelled like Dana E. Mercer. M-E-R-C-E-R on Instagram, I was having a lot of trouble comparing my body to what I see on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And she's basically like Instagram versus reality. Yeah. So she shows you how everyone fake poses on Instagram versus what her body actually looks like. She is mm -hmm. fit. She is strong. She is stunning, but she's got a body that a lot of us can relate to, but she shows Mm -hmm. you how fake the people that you're following on Instagram are. Mm -hmm. And her account alone has been so healing for me to see that she looks a lot like me, mm-hmm. but she can make her body look a lot like the people I pretend to want to look like, right. or I think I want to look like, but they're not real people. They're her. Yeah. So I think that's another conversation we need to be having with our kids. Like you said, someone who mm-hmm. doesn't look healthy is not necessarily unhealthy. 
And we had this conversation with Zach last night about like stranger danger, someone who looks like your friend and asks you to get Mm -hmm. in their car is not necessarily their friend. Any way that we can teach our kids that looks not to be cliche, looks can be very deceiving, but Mm -hmm. you and I are big proponents of taking care of ourselves for health reasons, but we've also seen the struggles and the damage done by criticism from society and our Mm -hmm. parents. We're just really into normalizing, talking about our insecurities and doing that among parents and peers and not Mm -hmm. amongst our kids. Yeah. Exactly. And talk about it with your friends. Like they're probably struggling too. They might have advice. Like I've gone to Janelle for advice and been like, I'm stuck in a rut. Give me a good strength workout. Um, I need to work on this. Help me with this. And it's been great. And I've toyed with the idea of Botox and Janelle has been so open. However, I'm not comfortable because of my family history. I just get nervous about putting anything in my body. Whereas I think Janelle's, I mean, yeah, you don't have perfect genetics because who does, but your dad's passing had more to do with an injury Yes, versus my parents was genetics. And so it makes me nervous. And so my methodology is like gather as much information. And so now I have all this information. If I ever decide to do it, it's in this little box in my head, but I'm just not ready. And it, it is hard because I know like I could get rid of these wrinkles if I wanted to, I could just go and do it but I'm not ready. And so at this point, I'm just embracing them. Do I wish they were there? No, not really, but I could get rid of them. So I'm just embracing them. And so basically- And you, you go through you. phases, I oh think my gosh, too. Like when yes. I scheduled my surgery for August 26th to get my boobs mm-hmm. and my tummy and my thighs done. I oh, you were dead a, set. Yeah, I you scheduled were. it. It was happening. It was in the middle uh-huh. of a goddamn pandemic that I was terrified of, but I couldn't get it out of my head that I needed to yes. have this done, even though I was seeing no one. And right. now- through losing my scale and being home more and focusing on strength training and changing some of my, like, I just don't give as many shits anymore, but I also yeah. haven't had to experience. And I mean, bikini and short season is triggering mm-hmm. for so me. So it might completely change. Yeah. I might re- reshift. You might reshift on your Botox and we are right. going to do an episode. Um, I'll tell you all about everything. I've had filler. I've had Botox. I'm going to have plastic surgery. My, I'm very open about all of this. Do yourself the favor of letting it be in different, like Jenna says, Jenna loves to talk about the seasons. She might be in a different season in six months and have Mm -hmm. a face full of Botox. And that's nobody's business to judge. I might be in a different season and stop getting Botox and fillers. And I might look like this when I come back later. But if you're happy, in my head matters. (laughs) If I'm happy, that's what matters. And if I'm happy having short hair that doesn't fall under the category of super feminine hair, I'm like, that's my prerogative. I don't do it for other people. I think that we just all need to look within ourselves, but then also look at your spouses. Like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I'm curious to ask Josh more after hearing about what Brandon said Mm -hmm. about kind of what he saw growing up and how that relates to his body, because Josh and I have very different bodies and very different aspirations. And I kind of want to know what his, I never even asked him. I was just like, cool. We're talking about my body again. Let's talk about how much I hate it. I didn't ask him. (laughs) Well, and Brandon was much more like you, like he, when we had kids, he was just like, close the door kind of thing. And I'm like, Hey, can I throw a kid in the shower with you? And he's like, what? 
it was like mind blowing to him. And now he's like, you want me to shower them? Like it's completely different. But he was like, you like, no, they don't see me go to the bathroom. They don't see me, which to everyone their own. Like I know some people. Yeah, no, but I completely relate to Brandon. And I think there's a Brandon and a Jenna in every house. And there's a Janelle and a Josh in every house. Somebody, Josh takes showers with the kids all the time. I don't think I've ever taken a shower with the kids. And I wear my sweatpants tucked into my socks under a sweatshirt (laughs) with a hood. And I keep the hood up in bed under my blankets and Josh sleeps naked and we sleep (laughs) in the same bed. And it is weird. I said, if there's ever a fire and I run out fully clothed and you run out naked, we're going to look like two people from different houses. Right. <laughs> but every yeah. house has one of each. And I just, I'm very intrigued how we all got here. And I want to know how to make my small human replicas more like him and less like mm-hmm. me. And I bet Brandon hopes that your kids are more like you and love their body a little bit more and are a little bit less yep. like him. And so I'm just very curious how you find that trajectory to get there. And I think it's just honestly like having open conversations with your kids, knowing mm-hmm. that one, when they're struggling, you're there and you tell them it's normal that they're struggling. Yeah. And this is what to expect. Let's talk about how you feel, yeah. why you feel that way. Okay, what can we do to help you feel better instead of just yeah. being like, it's normal, honey? Because yes, all this stuff is normal. It doesn't mean it's not scary. It's not they have no frame ashamed. of reference like, to come no. out. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I wish normal, I wish my mom was here. So I could talk Mm -hmm. to her about my post baby body. Like I really do. And I'm 30 and I'm lost. Like, you know, and so I just wish that there was more about like that. And I know like when you told me about your skin on your belly, I was like, oh, that's great. Cause I have that same struggle, but I would have never Mm -hmm. known you did. And so I think like, right. And so I think how we talk um, in front of our kids is a huge thing. And I think we can all improve on that. I think you just do you. And if your family wants to talk about how it doesn't matter, your, your body's a shell, it's all about mental, you do you. We're going to talk about both in our house yep. because that's what I want. That's how I want to raise my kids. Yep. So yeah, you do you and just have those open conversations. I think that's the biggest thing with our kids. And and I think have the conversations with your friends so they don't feel mm-hmm. as alone in their meat suits. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and when your friend comes to you and says like, I, I don't know, I'm just really struggling because my boobs aren't the same and yeah. I want to go get plastic surgery. Don't be the friend that just sits there and be like, what are you talking about? You look great. They're Great. So today I went to Target and I got this other, like, no, no. listen to her concerns no. and support her. Like when Janelle told me, like, I want to get plastic surgery in my mind, I'm thinking, bitch, you're crazy. You're perfect. <laughs> but when she explained it, I completely understood. And I asked her a million questions because I always I do. Love. And then I'm like, okay, you want me to watch your kids? Yeah. Completely supportive. Like, Am I going to ever be like, oh my gosh, Janelle, like you need to get your boobs done. No, but if she wants to for herself, like I'm going to support her. And And I think that's a big part of like, yeah, I'm not going to bring her down and be like, you don't need to do that. No, but being a good friend is asking questions. And that is something I'm reading a book right now. That's totally fiction, but they're talking about how children just ask so many inappropriate questions. Yes. (laughs) Well, but yeah, but you do too. And so does my husband, but I don't. And I think a big part about being a good friend is being willing to ask a million questions that may feel inappropriate. Like, where did we lose Mm -hmm. that kid curiosity that really makes you feel seen and vulnerable with other people? And that's something that you and I are really good about with each other. It's like, why do you feel that way? Why do you think that? And it's never judgmental. (laughs) It's just pure curiosity. And that's what makes you a good friend is like, 
when I told you I was going to, I was considering getting plastic surgery. I even set a date and you didn't agree and then asked questions. And then we're like, Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Like that is how we build a lifeline of tolerance Mm -hmm. with talking about these things with our friends and let your kids ask questions and answer them. Honestly, like it's hard for me to answer a lot of my kids questions because I am so Mm -hmm. closed off. And I'll be like, you need to ask your dad who's wide open and find another parent that's wide open. If it's hard for you to talk about, I would, if my kids started asking me certain questions, that I knew Jenna was great with, I would send them yeah. to Jenna and be like, go Come ask Miss Jenna. She yeah. knows how to answer this because I can't. <laughs> yeah. And you have to think like if your friend is saying, talking about plastic surgery or saying they're thinking about it or your kids are asking questions, that means that this is on their mind and it's brave of them to come forth and talk about it. And so solidify that and yeah. have a conversation instead of just blowing it off because then they're just going to feel more alone. And you can always use the old therapist trick that my therapist always tells me is what I'm hearing you say is this, is that (laughs) correct? So what you could, you know, and you can always say that to your kids is is like, Mm -hmm. so that Mike, you'll be like, I'm so furious that you, and I'll Mm -hmm. say, so what I'm hearing you say is that you're furious that I won't let you take out your sand kit. I need you to know that it is time right now to go Mm -hmm. to, so ask your friend, what I'm hearing you say is that you hate your C-section shelf. I've never heard the term C-section shelf before my friend sent it to me as Yesterday. Oh. I don't have a C-section. So I assume that's something yeah. common in C-sections. And so what I'm hearing you say is that you're uncomfortable with your C-section shelf. If that makes you feel uncomfortable and it would make you feel better to not have that, mm-hmm. I fully support you. That's all you yeah. have to say is what I'm hearing you say is X. Mm-hmm. How can I help? Right. You don't have to say you don't have to say like you're crazy. You don't need to do that. That's silly. That's a waste of time. That's a waste of money. How can you afford that? Can you is your husband supportive of it? No, I'm hearing you say X. How can I help? Tell Mm -hmm. me more. Exactly. They've clearly thought about it. So let's fucking do that. Hit us up on Instagram, Facebook, our website. I'm playing by the rules.com and tell us what your thoughts are on this. Tell us if you have a spouse that deals with any of this. If you have a real diagnosis of body dysmorphic disorder, if you're a child psychologist that understands the best way to talk to kids about this, we will share what you say, or we won't share your name unless you ask us to. Um, we'd be open to having a guest on that wants to give us some more guidance, but we're just Mm -hmm. trying to, our whole goal of this podcast done playing by the rules is to open up the dialogue to create Mm -hmm. more conversation. Maybe you and your girlfriend listen to this episode this week, and then you talk about it over coffee and you both talk about what you're insecure about on your bodies. And neither of you is allowed to say, oh, you're being silly. Just say, what I'm hearing you say is that you don't like your thighs. Can you tell me more about that? And don't say you're being stupid because your thighs look great. Like let's open the dialogue so that we can talk with our friends about it. Mm -hmm. And then let's also discover ways to have healthy conversations with your kids about it. While you're at it, call your therapist. And take your meds. (laughs) 